0: 2.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is The Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you respond. Pretty straightforward. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week, you can do so. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to post comments on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week, you can do that. Just get to the point. Please don't suck. Try to make the show better if you can. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Make sure you check out the show podcast. Download it. We drop a podcast every single afternoon. You can get the Jeff Ward Show podcast wherever you download your podcasts. Same with the YouTube show as well. We post that every single afternoon. Even though I look like Shrek and sit in front of a weird wall. Seems to be doing pretty well, so subscribe to it. That's the Jeff Ward Show on YouTube. I will say this for the professional college football team that is the Texas Longhorns Incorporated. At least they didn't go all in like Texas A&M did with Jimbo Fisher for what is easily, past tense now, the dumbest, most paralyzing contract in college sports history. Texas didn't go there. Texas and most other programs, I'm thinking, had to be aware, should have been aware. i got to believe that everyone has learned their lesson from the A&M debacle with Jimbo Fisher. So we'll just assume that it was lesson learned. That said, Texas just made Steve Sarkeesian rich. Really, really rich. He has kids. I don't even know if he has kids. But if he does, they're rich. Texas made him rich, and he's not going anywhere. I'll tell you this. He wasn't going to go anywhere. He wasn't going to go anywhere before this deal. So there's a lot to this, Um, a lot that I don't think people have quite thought through, and um, I'm not sure how you're going to take this, but I'll, I'll go here. Does Steve Sarkeesian deserve $11 million per year in automatic raises? The answer, to be fair, is no and yes. Should anyone fault him for taking it? The answer, of course, is no way. You can't. Now, here's a reality of professional college football. Getting fired, listen to this, because it's true, getting fired by Texas is even better than getting hired by Texas. So, here's the deal. Then I can explain... How I think this plays out and why I think this is actually significant in this modern time frame of throwing crazy money at coaches and in some cases throwing crazy money at college players now. So Steve Sarkeesian now has a deal that will make him about $10.3 million in salary. It's going to increase $100,000 per year, no matter what, automatic. $100,000 per year through 2030. His original salary for this upcoming season was going to be $5.8 million, so he doubled his salary. And will do so for the next six years almost. He was also given, because I think I can explain all this, he was also given a one-time payment of $300,000 on April 1st. Wait! Did you hear me? He wasn't going anywhere. You know that, right? They did it because they wanted to give him a $300,000 one-time payment. He will also get 20 hours of a private plane use per year. He gets $150,000 for reaching a conference championship game and $300,000 for a conference title game win. So... Make it to the league final, you get 150. You win the league, the SEC now. He's going to get an extra 300. He will get $100,000 for participation in a bowl game. That's not hard to do. Okay? That's pretty easy money right there. Just a bowl game. That's not part of the college football playoff. Oh, yeah. Does he get more for a college football playoff? Absolutely, he does. So he will get $250,000. For reaching the first round of the college football playoff, which now increases to 12, I would argue, is basically 11 teams from the SEC and the Big Ten, and maybe somebody somewhere else to get your 12. So there's a pretty good chance, even if you're middle of the pack in the SEC, that you'll make the tournament. That would be 250 He would get, added up, $1 million dollars for reaching the college football playoff national championship game, $1.25 million for a national championship win. There. Uh, now, if he has another really good year, makes a Final Four, uh, makes it pretty deep in the playoffs, will they do this again? You better believe they will. Yes, they'll do it again. I don't think we're that far removed. Um, Texas might be the one that does it. But times have changed and I can make an argument here. but uh, I don't think we're far re- very far removed from a 15 to 18 million dollar a year college coach guaranteed by the way, for a number of years. And this money goes a long way. This is state money. These are club- country clubs, you get cars, everything very they don't pay for much at all. It's a little bit different than getting the salary anywhere else. So that's the deal. Okay. Did he deserve it? No. Because Texas didn't have to pay. The no part of this, let me make an argument that he that you didn't have to do this. And then I'll make an argument that they wanted to do this. And they're very distinct things. Did Texas have to do this? No. Um, because Texas didn't have to pay. He had years left on his current agreement, which was paying him over $6 million a year. No, they didn't have to give him the deal because he's not going anywhere. Got it? It's not like what works in your life. He th- that I know of. Guess I could be wrong, but I suspect not. I can't think of a situation in which he'd walk out the door. But most likely, they didn't have it a situation where he knocked on the door and said, "Listen, you got to make this deal better for me, or I'm going to walk. I'm going to fill in the blank." UCLA. It's a joke, but no. So I I don't think they had to pay him because he wasn't going to go anywhere. So no, they didn't have to pay him. Um, I would bet he's not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. And the reason is there's not a better job. And I'm going to make a case. There's not a better job in all of football. There's not a better job in college football. There's not a better job in all of football. Texas wanted, okay, remember the difference here. Did they they have to pay him this? No, not at all. Texas wanted to pay him this. They wanted to pay Steve Sarkeesian. They didn't have to pay Steve Sarkeesian. They doubled his salary because they want to double his salary. And they'll do it again if he has another really good season. This is nothing to them. Nothing. So Texas wanted him to pay him because he did, in fairness again, Texas wanted to pay him because he did what he's supposed to do at Texas. Now, what he did at Texas is rarely done, as most people now know, at Texas. There's not many conference championships since uh, the late 2000s 2000, or late 2009 or 10. Um, there's not much of that at all, but that's what you're expected to do at Texas and you should be doing it at Texas. So he did what he's supposed to what he's supposed to do that's rarely done at Texas. He won a, the big 12 and he took a team to the final four. Texas wanted to pay him because Texas can pay him. and they'll do it again. Texas, just so you can fully appreciate this and then I'm going to make a much much bigger argument about why he's got the best gig in all of football. But Texas is the Jeff Bezos of college sports. I would use, this be a terrible analogy, but it's sort of like what the Saudi public investment fund does. It has 3 trillion dollars and just goes around the around the world and just buys up leagues and teams because they can and nobody can match them. But I think that would be kind of an awful comparison. So we'll just stick to Jeff Bezos for for now. Texas is the Jeff Bezos of college football. Nobody, nobody can match Texas Sports Inc. dollar for dollar. Nobody can even come close. Even if he were to flame out in the SEC, and I guess we could talk about what that exactly looks like and what that really means, but even if he were to flame out in the SEC... Texas can easily pay him off and start over. And they will. No program can match their resources. And it's not even close. So uh, now listen to what I'm about to say because you're going to think, oh man, you're just saying this stuff because you're a Texas guy and you're being a homer. I, I don't think that's true at all. Um, I, I'm not. Steve Sarkeesian, as the head coach at Texas, 11 million, 12 million, 6 million, whatever the number is, it'll be whatever they want it to be. He has the best job in all of football. It's not the best job, just the best job in college football. He has the best job in all of football, and that includes the NFL. And I'm going to tell you why that's the case, especially why that is now the case. Oh, but Jeff, they don't win as much as other programs. I didn't say that, did I? He has the best job. Okay? Um, but, but Ohio State, yeah, Texas is a better job. The lifestyle is better. The money is better. The resources are better. I would never once have mentioned winning and losing. It's the best job in all of football. Okay, so for several reasons. It's the best job and includes the NFL. Between opportunities for success, money. Got it? Money is no object at Texas. The built-in benefits at Texas... The lack of pressure at Texas. Coaching at Texas is not coaching the Cleveland Browns. Coaching at Texas is not even getting railed on coaching at Ohio State. It's not coaching the New York Giants. It is for all of its resources and all of its power. It's relatively, and I know this is weird to say, but it doesn't match a lot of programs. There's not as much pressure as there would be in many schools in the South where they live and die football. Life's pretty good in Austin, Texas. People can move on fairly quickly. Getting fired at Texas is a pretty sweet gig. So there are all the resources you could ever want at your disposal. No time wasted. Anything you want, including jets, are yours. You don't spend every waking minute with some knuckleheads throwing beer bottles through your window because you didn't beat somebody by 30 points. You don't face that. It's not a brutally tough media market like in New York. They don't even face the kind of the kind of criticism the Cowboys face. So there's that lack of pressure and the quality of life. I mean, you put all that stuff together, it's the best coaching job. And it's the best coaching gig in football. And now, because Nick Saban left, it really is a better gig. So to take it further, Steve Sarkeesian now has more advantages than any coach in the college game. I know you're going to say again you're going to do this thing, but but Jeff, you know so and so recruits better. Uh, not much longer they won't. No, 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 I don't believe that's going to be true at all. So Nick Saban owned the college football landscape for the most part for easily a decade. And Nick Saban at Alabama, which is a third, a fourth, probably a fifth of the resources of maybe even the tenth of the resources at Texas. But Nick Saban won all that because Nick Saban had draft picks. Nick Saban had built an operation that he could just point at a wall and say, look at all the NFL players. Look, I'm an NFL guy. I, I create NFL prospects and take a look at that wall, and that has been the most important thing to a high school player going into a college program. So he's owned that landscape. He's owned that space. He's gone. Money matters now. Money. And nobody has a bigger advantage than Texas and Steve Sarkeesian. So he has more built-in advantages than any coach in the college game. Now that Nick Saban is gone, Steve Sarkeesian has the biggest advantage in the college game of today. And yes, this has all changed in the last two years. It's changed in the last year. And that is cash. Cash. The ability to pay any player anything they want while also being, and this is true at Texas also, it's a big-time program, got to the Final Four, so it matters, probably have a few draft picks, that helps, and going into a really good league. So you've got the exposure, but now you're throwing the money and you've got all the built-in advantages. Cash that nobody else can match. Nobody can and will be able to match the cash and prizes Texas can give out. He's got every advantage now. Now that Saban has left the landscape, guys aren't just, and you can tell by what has happened in the offseason, guys, you know, Texas can go and throw everything at anyone they want that other people can't match. And if they do try to match it, it'll take them a while. So he he has every built-in advantage. Now you're going to say, well, that creates more pressure. Well, I mean, I guess. Um... You know, to a degree, but it's all—it's that's why it's the best gig. It's everything he would need to succeed now, even more so now that Saban is out of the way. And Saban, you know, Saban could probably offset the cash disadvantage that he had because of his wall of NFL prospects. But now that he's out of the picture, cash matters more than ever. Oh, and by the way, you got a good program. It's a great town. Um, all the resources, and you guys have won too. It doesn't hurt. So, if the NFL... So, then we get to the weird part about what, where he ends up landing eventually. Um, if the NFL had no salary cap whatsoever, okay? Think of it this way. Think of the advantage that Texas has and the advantage he has. This is why there is no better gig in all of college football, and I would say because of lifestyle in all of football, but if the NFL had no salary cap whatsoever, it does salary cap. Just so people know is predicated on a percentage of designated revenue. So it's TV money goes up platform money goes up. The salaries go up as well, but everybody plays by the same balance sheet. But if there was no salary cap whatsoever, Jeff Bezos could, could own a team in Miami, buy a team in Miami and every free agent they want, they could probably get. Now, It's a roster of 55, so he couldn't buy all the players. This is the advantage Texas has. This is what Steve Sarkeesian now has available to him. It'd be like Bezos and no salary cap. He's not going to own every single player. I mean, you just don't have that many spots. But there's no reason why you won't have the best, because you can offer them whatever they want. That's what Steve Sarkeesian has. No college program can match it. I didn't say... Bezos buys the Detroit Lions. You know, Bezos is in Miami, and he has no salary cap. That's the comparison with what Sarkeesian would have at Texas. All the built-in advantages and everything around it in Austin, plus you got the cash. So he better he better win a lot. And there's no reason for people not to say, you better win a lot, because you have every built-in advantage. There's no reason not to win a lot. Is there any competitor to take Steve Sarkeesian away? Not in the college game. I mean, I just I can't see it. If there was one, he would have already done it. He wasn't that valuable until just now. Um, there's only one, and that's the NFL. And the NFL presents, it's not even as good of a job. Everything I said earlier about pressure and resources and all that stuff, you're not going to get that in the NFL. So, why would the NFL be the one competitor that Texas would have for a $15 million a year coach? It's because it's football. It's the ultimate test of coaching, it's the ultimate test of football. I don't know if an opportunity would come his way. I suspect probably not. But that's the one thing that Texas couldn't match. And that is, this is true of a lot of college programs now. At some point, If you're a super successful coach, you would really, really like to try. Jim Harbaugh is doing it now. You would really like to try your hand in the NFL because that's the ultimate test. That's not about, I buy everybody that you can't get. I have advantages you don't have. That is the ultimate test where the margin of error is tiny. That's how you test what kind of coach you really are. And there's appeal there. It's just football. But I don't know that it's even an option. He'd have to win a lot. I'll tell you the situation that would only – because I don't think NFL owners want a college guy. They don't need a college guy. The college game is different. It's a completely different job description. It's a completely different game overall. So if I were running a team, I would be I would be apprehensive about jumping at a chance to hire a college guy. But Sarkeesian's got some pro experience. He, he gets it. So when could that present itself? Here's what I think. Just an opinion here. Um, Could an NFL team outbid Texas? Probably not. Not if if Texas wanted it. If Texas wanted to fight with somebody over Steve Sarkeesian a year, two, three, four, whenever down the road, they, they could easily match that. I don't think the money would be the issue. He may want the challenge, and there's nothing that Texas could do about that, which makes perfect sense. But I don't think that... I don't think that presents itself until he has a first-round quarterback and plays for a championship again. I don't even know if he has to win one. But he has to get that tag of quarterback whisperer. He needs a quarterback to be a first-round player and succeed with that quarterback. That's what owners in the NFL want. That's about the only chance you get in the NFL. And if you do get the chance for the NFL, you have to ask yourself and your family, do you want a change of lifestyle? Do you want to upgrade the pressure just for the challenge of coaching in the NFL? That Texas couldn't match. If that's what he or any other college coach wanted and it presented itself, which I don't think it does. Call me crazy. At $12 million a year, whatever they want the price to be, he's got the best job in all of football. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Pass the ball to the Jeff Ward Show. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. Uh, You better like that, kid. Shut up, smoker voice. Forgot to say that. you're talking more than ever. Uh, 512-834-1027 on Twitter or X or whatever it's called, uh, at Jeff Ward Show. Well, Nobel Prize is done. That's it. Thought it was going to go to Donald Trump again and again and again, but it's not. It's going to go to Stanford University where they have now, they say, proven men's and women's brains do... (laughs) do work differently. No way. You guys are good. I mean, to their credit, I guess you had to find those spots on the brain. In my case, there's giant missing spots, but here it is. is the science. I thought... You know, I was thinking, I remember I took genetics class in college for I have no idea what reason, okay? Um, Dr. Sutton had this giant book, and he walked in, he opened that book, and I realized I was in, I needed a science credit, which is not so great for me, but I realized the whole class was full of pre-med students, and I thought, man, this works for my schedule, I'm going to stick it out. And I tried and tried and tried, and I made it. I'm not quite sure how, but I made it, and I just... I've always wondered, my little, like, tiny bit of knowledge about genetics, I assumed there was genetic disposition why women like Chardonnay and guys don't. Now I'm finding out from the scientists at Stanford that, you know, it's really, they found the spot. I I keep thinking it's like some kind of little hot spot on the brain that says Chardonnay, Chardonnay, because there's no way a, a guy can like Chardonnay. I've tried. It's impossible. All right, here is your Nobel Prize for now. The brains of men and women operate differently, scientists have shown for the first time, and a breakthrough that shows sex does matter and how people think and behave. Again, no way. You mean they don't lose their wallet and leave stuff around like the keys? Shocking, isn't it? Um, I'm looking for that one... One part of the cerebellum, that uh, that's where the Chardonnay is. So here's what they say. The issue of whether male and female brains are distinct has proven controversial, with some academics arguing it's society rather than biology that shapes divergence. There has never been any definitive proof of difference in activity in the brains of men and women. Why is that, by the way? I mean, you just couldn't get the grant? Nobody wanted to know? But Stanford University has shown that it is possible to tell these sexes apart based on activity in hotspot areas. They included the default mode network, Hmm. an area of the brain thought to be the neurological center for self that's important in introspection and retrieving personal memories. In other words, it sounds like men don't have any default mode network. We've got none. It's like just a space. taken up by porn or something. I don't know, but it's... I don't think we have that. I think that's what they found. Introspection, zero. Nope. The limbic system is also implicated, which helps regulate emotion, memory, and deals with sexual stimulation. Do with that whatever you would like, audience. Go ahead. Crack all the jokes you want about the limbic system, but that's what they say they found. It regulates emotion... Mm-hmm. So maybe we have that gaping hole about the default mode network. Maybe they have that gaping hole about the Olympic system. If you want to make marriage jokes, you can do that right now as well. That would probably be appropriate. Uh, Dr. Vinod Minion says, Our findings suggest that differences in brain activity patterns across these key brain regulations or regions, I'm sorry, contribute to sex-specific variations in cognitive functioning. Thank you, Dr. In other words, we're different. Women, ready for it? You ready? We're going to go down this road. Don't shoot the messenger. Stanford found this. Women tend to be better at reading comprehension and writing ability on average and have a good long-term memory. Out of everything you came up with, I don't know, is that what you would think? Like, if you, may, if you have a list, and if you try to be serious about it, I we'll would take this down, possible. But if you had a list, would you put reading comprehension? Some of us are actually good at that stuff. Huh. Okay. Uh, conversely, men have stronger visual and spatial awareness. I don't want to question the findings, so they did the MRIs, but how come we get lost all the time? How come I'm lost all the time? Stronger visual and spatial awareness and better working memory. I question that, but okay. So this is what I found. It took me about 20 pages deep into it to finally, I'm thinking, where is the part about Chardonnay? Where does that exist? And so apparently, yeah, here it is. Apparently, one part of the cerebellum there is, uh, this is where they were able to find the distinct differences that would promote the taste and desire for Chardonnay, whereas when they looked at that part of the cerebellum, there was no spot whatsoever. That's why, to any guy, Chardonnay is just going to taste like having Gatorade or something with extra sugar. That's the one thing I was concerned about, and we did find it one spot of the cerebellum defined Chardonnay. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Hey, bro, listen to the Jeff Ward Show. Been like that, kid? He, uh, (laughs) I'm going to tell you something that very few of you. Although there was a story about it this past weekend. So... Austin FC, the Trees, have a new jersey out. So... My son and I go... My youngest son and I, that little guy right there, we go to a lot of the games. He loves it. And so he loves the jerseys and stuff. And he had saved up his money, so he got one of the new jerseys. He calls it the Armadillo jersey. I'm going to tell you something. They're really cool shirts. Uh, It's smart. But... He calls it the Armadillo Jersey because it's about the Armadillo World Headquarters of which on the authentic jersey is the address of the Armadillo World Headquarters, which means right at this precise second, none of you have any idea what I'm talking about and of the, I don't know how many shirts have been sold and I'm not talking about little kids now, let's just say adults, but say they have their opener on Saturday night. We'll be there. He'll wear, be wearing his Armadillo World Headquarters jersey, which he doesn't know. He thinks it's an Armadillo. That's all he knows. So I have, like, how am I going to explain to the kid it's a famous music venue? Nobody knows what that is. It's the most... I can't decide if I think it is silly marketing or brilliant. You still don't even know what I'm talking about. Right. There won't be a single person in that stadium on Saturday night except me... Who can, when, when, when the PA guy, I don't even know, I don't think they're going to wear that. I think they'll wear their black and, and green. But, but whenever they wear it, no one knows what that is. I'm not even sure I remember when the Armadillo World Headquarters, which was the epitome of, you know, when Austin wasn't quite as plastic, um, when South Congress... Was about needles and hookers and politicians. It wasn't about uh, Hermes and uh, you know every other designer story you can think of. You know, Armadillo World Headquarters was sort of the quintessential music venue. I don't think anyone wore short shoes. I don't want shorts. Everyone was hairy. Everyone looked like Woody Allen. Men and women. Weed was everywhere. It was you know it was it was an Austin place. And now they've come back with these <laughs> retro jerseys which has the address of Arbor, Armadillo World Headquarters on the back. And I bet you I could, t- I'm not going to do it, but I bet you I could walk around to 22,000 people and say, can you tell me what this jersey is about? Yeah, Armadillos. Yeah, right. That's what a little kid says too. That's fine. Um, I just told an entire story of which the audience has no context whatsoever what I'm talking about. I know. That's the point. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.